It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a broadcast from the Global Authority in Mixed Martial Arts. The Sure Dog Radio Network. Sure Dog Radio Network. Get ready to talk fights. To talk fights. It's Fight Nights. Fight Nights. Sure. Fight Night Dog. Fight Night. Radio Network. Here are your Fight Nights in shining armor. Anthony Walker and Jules Cohen. Fight Nights. All right, what's up, everybody? What's up, Sure Dog Radio Network? You are tuned into the Fight Nights. It's your boy Anthony Walker, joined by Boyer Jules. Going on, what is happening, man? You know what? It's it's pretty pretty interesting, man. Because uh, for those who don't know, which is pretty much everybody on, on the SRN, uh, we used to work together in the same office, and now we don't see each other every day. So now, when we get together to do the show. It's genuine fight talk, and we're all excited. And you know what? I like the way you put it yesterday. The best moment of the day yesterday was running to each other in traffic. Yes. I mean, it, <laughs> on the Los, way to work. Los Angeles especially. I mean, you're in your car roughly three hours a day. That was the best few minutes of uh, – not a few seconds of my day, for God's sakes. <laughs> you know what? I'm not in my car all that much, man, because I, I, my gym that I work at is like a few minutes from my place, so I'm good. Dude, I got to go into it, man, because this last week, man, so much has happened in the MMA world. I mean, we've had fighters missing weight probably the most ever in a UFC fight card. We've had, unfortunately, the, the passing of an MMA fighter. A lot has happened, man. What's going on? Oh, man. All right. So I guess we'll we'll, we'll start off on, on the unfortunate note here. Uh, Josh Man, 28 years old, a contestant on The Ultimate Fighter Season 17, passed away. Uh, very, very sad, tragic circumstances. And we're, we're still waiting on, you know, some details to come out so we can shed some light on what happened. But the fact of the matter is uh, a man with a, a bright future is gone. Also a contributor to uh, BloodyElbow.com and UFC.com, uh, uh, an author. I mean, this is a uh, this is a very talented man, a very charismatic guy. Also ran his own promotion yeah. in, in the Tallahassee area. So uh, we want to send our condolences to his family and friends, and we wish everybody the best. I mean, looking at Saman's recent career in the UFC, I mean, he had a tough outing against Tim Bosch. Uh, I mean, his other fight against Tamdem Rikori. Leading up to that, though, his fights against Eddie Gordon with that beautiful head kick was one of the best knockouts of that year. And then, of course, you know, the rear naked choke that he had. The one thing I wish, I and I think a lot of fight fans can agree with, I always wanted to see Josh Saman take on Uriah Hall. I think getting into that season 17, I mean, Kelvin Gastelum was easily the dark horse of that season. No one expected him to do what he did to Uriah in that he actually took him to a decision and not get decapitated. Right. But when we look at what happened with Josh Saman, I mean, even he was building up the fight for Dana. He's like, listen, you want the greatest finale of that season? Put me in against this uh, against Kelvin, and we'll give you the best the best ratings possible. Yeah, and I think style wise, that would have been an incredible matchup. I mean, and also in the, the dynamics in the house. If my memory serves me correctly, uh, Saman was one of the few guys that wasn't like actively or at least visually afraid of Uriah Hall. I mean, everyone else that that had to uh, wrestle with that possibility of fighting him seemed to be really terrified of this. I, I mean, Bubba. Had a nervous breakdown. Yeah, in yeah, that he season. literally had alert, uh, a nervous breakdown, and Josh Man did not. Josh Man was a guy who who really invited that. Yeah. Um. So so once again, we want to wish uh, his family the best and prayers and condolences to them. I mean, I mean, a guy who was fairly young in his MMA career. I mean, he had so much promise and potential leading into his you know into his career because that guy was enormous for you know a one eighty five pounder. But uh, again, you know, our deepest condolences and respect go out to him and his family. 
But uh, let's get going, man, because uh, we just had a fight night with John Lineker taking on John Dodson. Yeah. The Battle of the Johns, man. Yeah, so uh, as I predicted, John won. Yes. Uh, so, John, yes, I did predict John was going to win, so I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Now, I mean, we're, we're not going to get into too much detail. This fight was, uh, uh, I guess, nearing a week ago now. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been, been a little bit, and we got a lot coming up uh, later this week. But I have to say, first off, I got to say I scored it for Dodson. It, it, it reminded me of Condit versus Diaz or Condit versus Lawler. Uh, that same sort of dynamic, one yeah. guy that wants to brawl and one guy who's going to pick his shots and, and move around. And then let's talk about the the uh, the uh, weight cut epidemic that I mean, went going on that I call. Mean, we had three fighters miss weight. Three fighters miss weight by, you know, one loss missed it by a minimal margin. Two of them just missed it outright. I mean, Alex Cowboy Oliveira. What, just, five and a half pounds it was? He basically said, listen, you know what? I'm going to lose 20% of my purse. That's fine. I, I can't cut anymore. Maybe he forgot because he normally fights at welterweight. Maybe he just forgot. Like, oh, that's right. I, I signed up for, for a lightweight fight. He just showed up. Whatever, whatever the case <laughs> was, I mean, with this fight with Will Brooks, I mean, Will Brooks is one of the most highly touted prospects get entering the UFC, being a former Bellator lightweight champion. That really bothered the, me for the fact that, you know, his camp in Will Brooks should have been like, listen, if this guy cannot make this weight, at least this weight, fights off because five and a half pounds is big. Yeah, that's that's a lot, man. And especially the, the way that fight played out. I mean, uh, Oliveira at times really kind of bullied Brooks against the fence. And he, he was probably 185 in that fight. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it seemed obvious that the weight played a big factor in how everything's going, not to mention that, that Brooks uh, looked like he fractured a rib in the first round, too. So, you know, definitely a tough out for him. Um, John Lineker, he he has officially announced his move up to the featherweight division now. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. no. He, <laughs> dude, don't say no, he'll that. he'll he'll miss weight for featherweight. Listen, he is the top contender for the rumbleweight championship. Okay, <laughs> this guy has found ways to miss weight in every weight class possible, and now he's calling out for a title shot against Dominic Cruz, against a guy in in Dodson who isn't even officially ranked in the top 10 of the bantamweight division i mean i get it. yeah if you if he had a had a definitive win against dawson and he actually made weight i'm not mad at that as a title fight i'm, I'm not mad at that at all but you got to make the weight i mean because it's not even like he even made the one pound allowance like you have to make the weight simple as that now you can say whatever you want about you know how close it was and blah 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 but hey Hey, uh, what was my, my sixth grade teacher also, also used to always say that uh, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, what did you go to school in Afghanistan or something? No, no, my my uh, sixth grade teacher was a Vietnam vet, and he had a lot of war. <laughs> now, did you have a lot of PTSD in class? No, no, he actually no, he actually was cool until we started talking about the Vietnam War. Then he would get real, he'll get real fired up, All understandably right, so. I'm, I'm going to teach you how to survive a POW camp. Okay? And, and he actually, he actually, um, he 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 got it part of his arm blown up with a with a grenade, and he he would show us the scar. It was like like blew out some of the nerve endings. On longest tricep, so yeah, he was he was an interesting guy. I, yeah, I'm gonna put this out right now. I don't know what school district you went to in the United <laughs> States, but this is one hell of an interesting school district. Uh, DC area, but <laughs> can, no, can, I actually can, can you imagine though the, the teachers like kids? I want you to look at my stump now. <laughs> <laughs> kids, this is how you become a sniper. Like no, uh, no, no. He he's he's a good dude. Shout out to to Mr. Connolly. But anyway, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a good dude. I thought you were gonna say Mr. Connery, I mean, Sean Connery style, right? There. That that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. All right, so all right, so moving on. Um, so we got a good show lined up. Ray Longo is going to be joining us uh, yes, later on. The Godfather of Long Island. Yeah, uh, Ray Longo is an interesting personality. Looking forward to talking to him and, and picking his thoughts on uh, the upcoming MSG card, on uh, Wonder Boy, on Wyatt, on a lot of good things going on in that camp. Uh, let's see. Now, what else? What else we got going on? Did you see? Please tell me you saw the vice presidential debate. Dude, this is just brutal. <laughs> Did I you mean, see it? I mean, that was that was the biggest waste of time in the world. That like, can you can you more skillfully figure out a way to not answer any questions? Yeah, I can. Watch <laughs> watch, watch the uh, presidential debate. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think they were. I think they were better than the than the presidential debate as far as dodging answering any questions. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like when I look at this year's political lineup, it's it's easy to see why so much of our country is disenfranchised. And so hopeless in terms of what's going to happen next. <laughs> well, I'm I'm hopeful when it comes to MMA. 
Yeah. I'm hopeful because we got a good weekend. We got UFC 204 coming up. Dan Henderson is going to challenge Michael Bisbing in the most unlikely of middleweight title fights. Um, we also have WSOF. Uh, I believe that's a Friday night. Yeah. That's going to be Justin Gaethje in the main event. So David he, Branch as well. David Branch. Yeah. David Branch, the, the, the two title champ. He's, I think this is the 205-pound belt that he's defending. Yeah, because Vindy Magalesh cannot make 185. He definitely cannot make 185. That, that guy is enormous. Yeah, he, he's he's a big dude. So we got some really, really good stuff coming up. So stay tuned. On the other side of this, we're going to have Ray Longo. You are listening to Fight Nights on the Sure Dog Radio Network. You know, we don't have any commercials. We used to do a lot of fun things in between segments on the SRN, and I would make funny character voices, and I'd be like, gosh darn it, Billy stole my girlfriend again. Um, but more pertinent information, you want to get in touch with the Fight Nights? You can do that right now. That'd be what, Fight underscore Nights on Twitter? Yes, it is. Or you can hit me up personally, Anthony Walker, at the Great Big Daddy. That's uh, T-H-E-G-R, the number eight, <laughs> T, Big Daddy. I, I just said we don't do gimmicks anymore. We don't do our- gimmicks? No, yeah, you got to yeah, you got to stop the, with the, the gimmick. The, the big daddy's not a gimmick. It's You're not bigger than me nor are you my daddy. <laughs> Jules, how do people get in touch with you, sir? At Jules underscore Cohen, C-O-W-E-N. If you like Pulp Fiction, if you like Jules Winfield, you'll like me. So uh, straightforward, let's keep it real. We're just pe- telling people how to get in contact with you. This isn't a dating profile. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm a Capricorn or anything like that or including my social security. Um, so are, are you, in fact, a Capricorn? Uh, <laughs> You're a Capricorn? <laughs> yes. See, I don't even know what dates that is. I don't do the January. signs. January. January? Okay. January. Yeah. I know I'm a cancer. That's only because people have told me that. Right, so. Coming up next, Dr. Laura joins the Fight Nights. <laughs> Dr. Laura. <laughs> uh, email? Uh, oh, fight nights MMA at gmail.com. That's how you find us. That's how you talk with us. And remember, that's fight nights with a K, Warriors. And yes. Ten years of kicking your ass. Oh, no, you didn't. Wait. Ten years of talking about kicking ass. Now that's no life. This is the Sure Dog Radio Network. Welcome back to the Sure Dog Radio Network. I'm Anthony Walker. He is Jules Cohen. And we are on the line with the one, the only, Mr. New York himself, Ray Longo. How are you doing today, Ray? Hey, thanks for the nice intro, guys. Yeah, doing great today. All right, great. So, Ray, we got to ask you this. Madison Square Garden coming up very shortly. What does that card mean to you as a guy who pretty much is the face of mixed martial arts in New York? Coaching-wise. You know what? I'll tell you a couple of things with that. I mean, you know, as of like two weeks ago, I didn't even know if I'd have a fighter on the card. You know, and I, you know, Al Jermaine Sterling was, was injured. You know, Al had a contract problem or whatever difficulties he was going through. And Chris was unsure too, believe it or not. So, you know, I... It, it really means a lot. You know, when, when Chris finally got booked, I was like, you know, man, this is a place, Ali Frazier. You know, I saw a bunch of title fights there myself, you know, as a kid. So it, it, it's, it's, you know, it started out like it didn't mean much, but the, the closer it gets, it's really, really such an iconic place. And to have these guys fight at Madison Square Garden where so many of the old-time, you know, great fights happen, is, is, it's pretty cool, man. Hey, I've got to ask you, Ray, because, you know, in recent times, Chris Weidman has been, from what we understand, you know, switching up training camps. Is he going to be with you for this camp at 205? Yeah, of course. No, he never switched up his training camp. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, because... I mean, we brought we brought in Mark Henry to help out, and Mark's still, you know, helping out now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he never really switched up his camp. I mean, he still was still, you know, I'm still running everything. But, um, you know, we brought in a couple of things to help out, a couple of guys to help out, and that's it. Absolutely. All right, so so Ray, what are your uh, predictions for Weidman uh, taking on Yoel Romero? How do you see that fight going down? Man, I see I see Chris grinding him out. I think you know the fact that it's a three round fight. You know, Chris has a great uh, gas tank for uh, for that. But, you know, after coming off so many five round fights, I think it's going to be a pleasure to the fight for three rounds. Um, and I see him. Uh, I see him finishing that fight on top. You know, I see him taking him down and and um, you know controlling the action from that point. I mean, every time I see you corner Weidman, and I you know especially what really sticks out to me is your fight with uh, with him and Anderson. When you were in his corner that at the end of that first round, it was straight out of Goodfellas. It was the best form of <laughs> entertainment I could watch because you could see the passion welling forth 
And I got to ask you, though, when it comes to really coaching one of the top fighters of all time in that division in Chris Weidman, what goes through your mind as a coach? Well, you know, look, as a coach, really, I'm, I'm really just a conduit of, you know, like information to the guy. And I'm really there to support him and, you know, to make sure that he's comfortable in his training. And, like, again, even bringing in Mark Henry, you know, I think we needed to switch things up. Uh, Mark is a great guy. He's got infectious energy, which I've said before. Very knowledgeable, student of the game, always studying. So, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not going to say general contractor, but I I really just want to make sure that he's happy with everything that's going on because when he's happy and he's healthy, he's a hard guy to stop. So, you know, we have a very close relationship. Um, And, you know, I'm kind of just really there as a friend and – and really just support the guy whatever decisions he makes. So and I and I kinda do that with everybody. I mean everybody I don't train everybody the same way and you know, I kinda feel everybody out and see which, you know, where their strengths and weaknesses are. And then I try to take it from there. All right. So right But I mean there's a lot of emotion because you know, I'm I'm very close with him and his family. So I think that's what you felt at the end of the the round, I felt like we were in like a street fight, so it was it was a little <laughs> wacky. You know, I I do love the the approach. It's like you you approach the coaching like a street fight. The way I I can never get that that image out of my head of you you screaming to like punch a hole in his chest. That that's actually one of my my absolute favorite moments in in the MMA corners. Uh, but now, uh, speaking of of you you as a cornerman, will you be out there in the corner of Wonderboy Thompson? A little known uh, fact that he is one of your disciples as well. No, well, let me make this clear, too. Wonderboy is another great friend, but he's definitely not one of my disciples. You know, he's, his father does a great job with him. He does spend a lot of time with him. But, uh, you know, Wonderboy is one of those guys where I would say I'm learning more from him than he's learning from me. I mean, he's got so much experience standing up that, you know, I love talking to that guy. I love when him and Chris are drilling. And I think Chris will even tell you, I mean, I, I, I put a lot of, a lot of emphasis on Wonder Boy with uh, with the knowledge he's ha- he has, and he's so, you know, I think he's got sixty, you know, uh, kickboxing fights. That's a lot of fights, man. He's really got that range down to a science. He's been around, so I, you know, he's a friend. He's a great friend. I, I'd say he's a. Uh, we're talking mob terms. He's a connected guy, but um, <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's definitely not a disciple of mine. I wouldn't want to take one one thing away from what his father has done with him. So I want to make that clear. But anything I could do when we're here, yeah, I do push him with the cardio. I take him to the hills. He does a lot of drilling with Chris, and we do, uh, you know, different stuff. But uh, I hope he's getting something out of it. But believe me, I get. I think I get more out of I, I, I squeeze more info out of him than he's getting out of me. I, I got to ask you, Ray, though, because talking to you right now, you're a down-to-earth guy. you got that street mentality. I mean, my father is also from New York. And I got to ask you, though, do you think, as a coach, do you think Wonderboy is in Tyrant's head going into this fight? Uh, you know, I'll tell you what. You know, it's a funny thing because, you know, even with Anderson, man, when, when Chris fought him, I mean, the guy had a highlight reel from hell. So, you know, it's all good, you know, it's all really good until you get in that octagon, you know. So I think Wonderboy's done enough damage to people where, I would think somewhere in the back of his head, um, yeah, he's in his head. You I know, mean, I mean, he's 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 destroyed a couple of really good people, man. You know, so you know, it gets uh, you know when when the day of reckoning comes, it it it's you know reality's a bitch. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Wonder Boy's so technically good, and I mean, what he did to Johnny Hendricks, who's a wrestler, who's probably a more accomplished wrestler than. Than Woodley and and and, and uh, Johnny Hendricks had good power too in his hands. You know what I mean. And he and he got dismantled. You know what I mean. So if he's not in his head, that's good. But I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm definitely Woodley's coaches, I wouldn't let him get in his head. But you know, like again, there is that reality. Like you know, we were prepared for Anderson, and like, the closer it got, I was like. Whatever you do, don't look at any highlight reels of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it does get scary, you know, street street stuff and that. You know, it's the same thing. Like, you know, there's always that bully in high school. But, you know, that bully could always be beat. You know, a lot of times it was bullshit. With these guys, you have, like, tangible, you know, you know vis- visual proof of what they could do. So, 
I think that adds a new element to it. You know, speaking of new elements, um, we're seeing a new element from Tyron Woodley. I mean, he has been very vocal about his desires to hurt Wonder Boy and how he normally doesn't want to hurt people. Uh, he's he's speaking on a very personal level. I mean, uh, the, the the Wonder Girl phrase comes to mind uh, quickly. Uh, so what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you see that as as a sign of weakness or strength for your fighter or against him? I mean, I would think that's a that's a positive for if he's getting that emotionally tied up in a fight. I think that's a that's a definitely a plus for Wonderboy. Plus, I mean, if you've ever interviewed Wonderboy, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. So, you know, just the fact that he's going that route against a guy that I don't think has ever said a bad word or done anything to anybody, I think he's trying to psych himself up. And, you know, look, you're going into the octagon. Everybody should want to kill the other guy. I mean, everybody, you know, that's the whole idea. I want to hurt you more than you hurt me. So, you know, I don't know, you know, like, again, though, but Wonderboy, I don't think, has done anything to solicit anything but a good fight. You know, so I'm I'm saying that's a plus for Wonderboy. All right, great. Well, Ray, we do appreciate your time. And for everybody out there on the Sure Dog Radio Network, if you want to hear more of Mr. New York himself, Ray Longo, you can check him out on the Anik and Florian podcast. He has a segment, the funniest segment you'll see in MMA radio, the Ray Longo Minute. Uh, it's available on SoundCloud.com forward slash Anik and Florian. You can catch that on iTunes as well and SureDog.com forward slash radio. So, Ray, once again, appreciate your time and we look forward to speaking with you again. Awesome, guys, and good luck with what you're doing, man. You guys sounded great. Thanks a lot, buddy. Dude, Ray Longo seems to be like, I mean, if I close my eyes and I think of my own father, it's like, wow. Imagine having a father figure like Ray Longo there. Ray Longo and your dad sound exactly the same. No, he's a little more Long Island accent. My dad's Brooklyn. I uh, see. Yeah, it's all the same to me, man. It's like, you know, if you were from, like, your part of D.C., you could tell different accents apart, you know, especially Boston. Yeah, yeah, like Baltimore. Like, do you feel like people from Baltimore sound different from people in D.C.? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's a clear definitive it's, difference. Okay. Like Staten Island, that's hard. Like That's like talk, water, you know, everything like well, that. Yeah, Method Man kind of has that. Is See? From, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, most of the Wu-Tang is from Staten. For me, being from Minnesota, there's like two East Coast accents. There's Pennsylvania and then the East Coast. <laughs> Pennsylvania stands out to you? Phil Davis. He's got a Pennsylvania. Is he from Pennsylvania? Because I know yeah. he was wrestled at Penn State, but is he from Pennsylvania? I believe he is. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't give me your forward side <laughs> eyebrow. Like- <laughs> that that look of doubt. Yeah, like maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> look it up. I don't know. Oh. You know, I'm I'm just imagining for people that are listening to the SRN right now, Might they be just from Kentucky. They're though, just imagining a Verdum face. Yeah, uh, something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, you've, you've just enraged me. Not, I mean, I'm fine that you doubt me, but in the manner that you doubt me, like not. Yeah, just no faith in TJ, man. That's no, no, that's no, cold blooded. You are right. I, I, you are right. <laughs> Pennsylvania. I mean, I don't really have a lot of faith in me either, but I don't give myself bad looks in the mirror. Crippling self-esteem, man. You are the new guy here. I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah Jules is coming here like he owns the joint. Oh, I know. Nice. You're not really a knight, dude. You don't have a sword. Oh, actually. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> All right. Uh, because you guys have lost control of it, this is Fight Nights in the Sure Dog Radio Network. You're listening to the leader in mixed martial arts radio. I'm just sick of all the amateur stuff, you know? I mean, like, I want a little production value, you know? Like some editing, transition, something, some music. The Sure Dog Radio Network. Hey, you need that roundtable flavor? UFC 204 takes place Saturday night. Jack and Kerner CL and a panel of experts set the table for Dan Henderson, who takes on champion Michael Bisping for the UFC 185-pound title. It is Hendo versus Bisping 2. Scratch that. It's Bisping versus Hendo 2 because you got to show respect to the champion and not necessarily the guy that owns the most embarrassing knockout. Uh, of your career so uh, yeah check that out uh, roundtable available for you tomorrow all access panel at SureDog.com iTunes music store under podcasts and of course you're going to find it 
at Google Play. It's also available there. And then Saturday night, following the live event on pay-per-view, Jordan Breen holding it down for Beatdown After the Bell, recapping everything, taking your calls, and all that fun business. So your UFC 204 headquarters is right here on the Sure Dog Radio Network. The radio home of mixed martial arts. The Sure Dog Radio Network. All right, you're back on with the fight nights on the Sure Dog Radio Network. I'm Anthony Walker, and he is Jules Cohen. So let's talk about some upcoming fights for the week. I got a better idea. Let's talk about some upcoming canceled things for for the week. Yeah, breaking news right here. UFC Manila is Done. no more. Done. BJ Thanks, Penn. BJ Penn's rib. Yeah, BJ Penn, rib injury. No suitable replacement for Ricardo Lamas, despite the fact that Brian Caraway said, listen, put me in there. I'll be happy to have fill in for that. I, that would be kind of interesting style-wise. I, I mean, Lamas definitely would have the size advantage, but the styles kind of mm, might be something to see there. Uh, the thing that really lacks, in my opinion, is the lack of star power with BJ Penn out of there. I mean, we look at, you know, this Manila card. It's a dreadful card. It, it's a totally dreadful card. It's, it's not looking too, too zesty, if you know what I mean. I mean, we have, you know, Cole Miller, great guy. We have Derek Lewis. We have a lot of other people. But the fact is, there's not really anything enticing that makes people want to watch Ricardo Lamas take on said Brian Caraway. Sorry yeah. to jump in. It's also on Fight Pass, too. So it's not like they're letting uh, Fox Sports or pay-per-view yeah. or anything down. It's their own network, essentially. So They kind of do what they want on that one. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like some of those fights on there. But I mean, this is a card, even with BJ Penn on it. Like, it's It's hard. If I've got something to do, literally anything, I will digest that show on my time. You know what Definitely. I mean? Definitely. I'm not, I'm not going, no, honey. I'm not getting yelled at about not doing something with the family to make sure I see this BJ Penn fight. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, my plan for, for that weekend uh, was just to watch the main event and the, watch that one live and then catch up on the others later. Just in time for us to talk about it on air. And, and that's just what it is at this point. I mean, there's so much MMA. I mean, we got 205 coming up. You, you guys talked to Ray Longo, who's hilarious. I love Ray. Um, but also too, uh, it's just it, sitting and watch. I mean, what time is it going to be? It's going to be on in the afternoon, right? Yeah, uh, like uh, Manila, three o'clock yeah, or something like something, that. I think it's even earlier than that. That seems really late, but you might be right. I, I don't know. It, it it's it's not something that. Or, or is Manila like super early? It's one of the no, two. No, Manila. Is there like a day ahead of us, no, no, right? They're, well, roughly. They're like roughly 16 hours or 18 hours ahead of us. The Jules internationally traveled travel man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, I went to Manila. And uh, Cole Miller, I mean, we, we were, had an opportunity to kind of, you know, text with him. Cole Miller left for Manila. And no, he didn't leave. They got him before his airplane. They did. They oh, did good. Catch, okay, right, okay. Good. Yeah, but he was, he was driving to Atlanta because Hurricane Matthew is screwing up everything in Florida. So obviously everyone down at uh, American Top Team and the Black Zillions and you know all the the Floridians MMA uh, Masters uh, is out there as well, isn't it? There's a lot going on yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, often we kind of crack on their commission for doing some crazy things, but uh, Florida is a hotbed for mixed martial arts outside of just, you know, Coconut Creek. Yeah. Uh, obviously American Top Team kind of has been waving that banner for a very long time. Um, but uh, th there's a lot of, of up-and-coming talent and in, in, in gyms that uh, aren't uh, at the forefront of your mind when you think about the Sunshine State. Yeah, I mean, what I was going to say is you don't want to be ca caught in Manila Airport for very long. Uh, Cole Miller, anyone out there that had to fly out to the Manila for the fights, they just saved themselves a large headache. Of yeah, course. and I mean, I, I think that no one's there. No, no. One, no one is already there, I don't believe. So yeah. making this decision... I mean, I, I have assumed that Cole was probably one of the first people to try to be getting on a plane because, uh, again, he wasn't scheduled to even fly out today. I don't mm -hmm. believe it was, it was, it was because, because of the hurricane. hurricane. Yeah. So I think making that call now, they don't want to send people over like Cole to get there and then go, ah, yeah, we're, we're just going to pull the plug. Yeah. yeah. And just real quick, and I don't mean to take over your show. I have a tendency to do these things. You can welcome to beat down me whenever you want. <laughs> um, but... I can see why the UFC doesn't want to put Brian Caraway in there because Brian Caraway spoiled uh, Aljamain Sterling. Yep. Uh, if you have Brian Caraway come in and, and fight and somehow beat Ricardo Lamas, now all of a sudden Caraway is the main player at 35. And not that Lamas is knocking on the door of a title fight like right away. Um, you know, he is someone that is still a main player in that division to a certain extent. He's still someone that is on the fringe of, you know, maybe putting together two or three more fights and, and having a title eliminator. You don't want to have that guy get knocked off by a guy who largely is probably not going to stick around in that division. He's probably going to go back to 35. So, 
Uh, I, I think see- it's a win-win for Caraway though. It's it's a sure, lose. of course, yeah. yeah. It's a lose-lose for for Lamas though. But at the same time, going on, is to- it a lose-lose for Lamas because then he would at least get paid? I mean, I, I don't. No, 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 no. That's that's the thing though. But he would lose it in that his his status as a contender will be pretty much eliminated. I mean, he'll have to work up like you said. Right. And what does he gain if he beats Caraway? But I mean, yeah. what does what does being a featherweight contender mean right now? Oh, it because, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. You have uh, a guy. Con- you have Connor's a- fighting whatever weight he chooses to. But not even that. You have a guy in Max Holloway who has a nine-fight win streak. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aldo is is threatening to leave the UFC. I don't, right. I don't think he's going to make good on those threats, but he's he's trying to get out of his contract. Apparently, featherweight is a mess. You, right dude, now, Jerry so. Stevens is going to end up fighting Conor McGregor for Jose Aldo. <laughs> yeah, I you can know? see that. Then that I, press conference I, is going to be the highlight reel for the. For that, the that's going to be the commercial for the build up. It's going to be. You'll do nothing. I'm being sarcastic. I certainly hope that Aldo gets his fight with McGregor first. But I mean, the way that we build fights now in the UFC, money first. Yeah, I mean, entertainment, money. Yeah, whatever hey, you want to say. $4.2 billion, yeah, money first. Listen, but going into this, Stephen Thompson is one of the few actual fights that make sense in terms of contendership. If you Ask think- Tyron Woodley about that. Well, well, it makes sense contendership. I mean, he, he acknowledges yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 I mean, man, you want to talk about money fights. But he's trying to get that money fight. I mean, uh, we don't blame him. I'm, I'm not mad at that. You want to fight GSP? I'm not mad at that at all. Right. Want to fight Nick Diaz? I'm not mad at that at all. But, a guy who's, a guy who actually was supposed to fight Nick Diaz long ago. Right. And got, you know, and got pretty much dodged out of that matchup in Strike Force. Yeah, because, I mean, Scott Coker knew what was good for business. Nick Diaz as champion is good for business. Tyron Woodley. When you're on Showtime, a guy who has not really been tested compared to what he has now, you don't you don't want that guy taking out Nick Diaz. And and on paper, I mean, Nick Diaz has a. Uh, I I said it before. I think that Nick Diaz is more of a dangerous opponent for Tyron Woodley than than George St. Pierre right mm-hmm. now, simply because George has been on the shelf for so long. Um, George has constantly been able to take down wrestlers. He's been able to do it to Josh Koscheck, national champion. Um, Did it briefly for Hendricks. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been able to take down literally everyone in front of him. Can he take down a guy like Tyron Woodley after being on the shelf for so long? And I understand that George is a, a consummate professional um, and, and a supreme athlete, but there's still something to be said about not getting in there and mixing it up and being active. And he's been inactive for, what, three years at yeah. this point? Yeah, about three years now. And there ain't no Russian George Rush St. Pierre. <laughs> no, and, and I just I think that if he were to fight Woodley, he would have to kind of... There's more question marks, in my opinion, where George is at than where Diaz is at. I, I think that Diaz um, would probably lose to Woodley. I think that Tyron can get the takedown should he need them. And, uh, I mean, Nick has been susceptible to getting hit, and yeah. no one should ever get hit by Tyron Woodley But at in all. addition to it's that, not good. There, there's a blueprint. I mean, Rory McDonald followed the blueprint to a T based on what Faraz told him on how to defeat Tyron. I mean, jab, circle, jab, circle. GSP, in my opinion, can follow a game plan better than Rory can. Not to say that Rory is a slack on that. Sure. But, yes, that, that, for, that question is raised in that but first round. Here's, here's my thing about Diaz and why I think he may have some trouble with Woodley is – Nick has to land an insane amount of volume for it to really sort of add up. Um, Tyron just needs one shot. Tyron needs one shot, and and Tyron's not going to play the game where he's going to eat a lot of punches. If he does, it's because it's deeper in the fight. He's faded a bit from where he's from. Tyron's going to have movement, constant movement. Yeah. But to that he same really thing, hasn't taken a lot of damage. Well, no. But to, no, not really. fight, but of course, to that but. same effect, though, with the, the blueprint that Jake Shields did against Tyron. Was, I thought Tyron won that fight, though. It was a close fight, though. It wasn't like he, he blew him out of the no. water. And that it, was a very technical fight. It was a technically Jake Shields fight. Yeah. Where wall and stall and do right. what you got to do to mm-hmm. wear him down. Nick Diaz, like we saw in Nate Diaz's game, is going to stall him up like he did against Conor McGregor. He held him against the cage, wore him down, did what he could. Right. Nick, Nick would do that same game plan, except, I mean, my only worry is what can You he, think Nick can control Tyron Woodley and put him up against him? After the second round? after the sec- If he makes it out there? I, I, yes. No. Yes, I, I, he can. This is what I, what I see what happening. You that, realize if, what's happening Woodley, right now. You realize what's happening. We are actually generating buzz and interest among ourselves about a fight that is not going to happen, nor really should it happen, but what we've just done is shown, while not only in the public light of back-and-forth interviews and promo cutting and press conferences would Woodley Diaz be interesting, technically, there's some dissension here. Yeah. And, and that makes fights good. Yeah. I mean, this could be a, a good matchup on the EA Sports game. Who's oh, yeah, down? Yeah, that's there. I think it's there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's down. Yeah we, yeah, we should play that afterward. 
Are they? Uh, they're both in the UFC game, right? They should be. I know Woodley is. I see. This is the thing. You went EA UFC when you said EA. Oh, game, I went EA MMA. Oh, you you gave me the EA MMA game. Actually, they both are on that one. Yeah, they're on that yeah. one as well. They're, yeah, definitely on that one. I've done that matchup a couple times, but I, I always favored using Nick Andres just- Krenitakis. You're always doing doing him in that game, Andres <laughs> Krenitakis. Yeah, we can go no, on no, into no. yeah, we can go on into a fight that's probably never going to happen, like TJ said. But, but let's, let's go on the fights that actually are going on. Two o four. Two o four is this weekend. I mean. Probably one of the most uh, unexpected title shots. I, I mean, it makes it makes sense for Bisping. It makes sense for Hendo. But does it really make sense? For it, the this is this division? is like a bizarro world title fight. I mean, there is there is really no world. If you told me this a year ago that Michael Bisping was one going to be the champion. And two, that Dan Henderson was going to contend for that belt. It doesn't make any freaking sense. If you told me five minutes before UFC 199 began, I would not believe you. No, 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 because we went into UFC 199 expecting Rockhold to demolish Bisbing, as did pretty much everybody but Bisbing and Jason Perillo. So this is... Even his kids, Bisbing's kids. Yeah, Bisbing's kids picked against <laughs> no, us. Yeah, dad, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean... Now, if you yeah, so if you look at all the bizarre matchups that we've seen, the you know your McGregor's versus Diaz one and two, and you look at I guess now McGregor Alvarez or you know what other odd matchups. I guess you can even put Penn Lamas on that as well. Yeah. You know, just the the weird matchups that we've seen so far. This is the one that makes the most sense because one, it's going to make sense money wise. You look at all the all the middleweight contenders that were eligible to fight on this or these. It somehow made sense to fight on this. Mm. Henderson is probably the biggest draw. Hey, guys, did you uh, see the UFC's announcement just went out? They actually have an official theme song for UFC 204. Really? You want to hear it? Let's hear it. For two, for what? Two for 204. 204. Yes, sir. Uh, as soon as it works, I'll, I'll get it. Uh, oh, hold on. It, it's good if your producer knows how to produce. Is it, are we seeing the return of T.D. Santis? Is- Show your face. <laughs> the, official, uh, the official theme song for UFC 204. <laughs> I, yeah. thought was, I thought it was going to be dubstep uh, or something like that, like a dubstep face the pain like they did at 189. No, it was going to be the Diddy remix, and it was going to the drum beat was going to hit, and, uh, and we won't stop because we can't stop. Uh-huh. But y'all, y'all don't listen to hip hop, man. I listen. Well, to you it. listen to hip hop. TJ it. doesn't. My favorite artist is, is hip hop. Is make him say uh. That's his favorite song. No, come on. I'm a master P and going hard at the gold tank. <laughs> um, let's, let's. I mean, I, I got to get to it though, because Michael Bisping, comparing their skill sets to where they were in their first fight back at UFC 100, Bisping has made great improvements in his, you know, striking. Perillo's done wonders with his boxing. Mm-hmm. Henderson, while a lot of people would say he hasn't really improved much, he's pretty much just kind of either has stayed the same or made maybe declined a little bit. His last fight with Hector Lombard showed me that, listen, he's still implementing new strategies. I mean, he's going for kicks now. What he did against Lombard was utterly devastating. Okay, the, stop. Quote-unquote, he's going for kicks now. Dan Henderson threw a kick in his last fight because yeah. he thought it might be his last fight, and he's like, I'm throwing a head kick. <laughs> I wouldn't call that he's throwing kicks now. Has he ever landed a head kick before? No, that? that's, that's why I, I couldn't remember that. That's, that's a new I mean, thing. Now he, now he hasn't just started throwing kicks. I mean that that leg kick to the to the but, right but hand is a, is a staple. No, 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 that, that's a staple. No, no, this is like me going and having a sushi roll or whatever. Going, a sushi oh, roll. I see. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, TJ eats sushi now. No, I tried it one time. I don't eat sushi now. Come on. I mean, actually, I could use some sushi. We want to get some sushi after yeah, this. Let's talk fights. All right. All right, let's talk fights. Okay, so <laughs> now Bisbing versus Hendo. I'm picking Bisbing. You're you're picking Bisbing. I'm picking Bisbing. I got it. Look at this. All right, if you look at Bisbing's last few opponents, a lot of them have been southpaws. Okay, where we're talking Rockhold, uh, Vitor, a few other guys. Now, why does this matter? When we saw Bisbing's main issue when it came to fighting Dan Henderson, it was his it was his habit to circle yeah, circling to the, to the power to, side to the, to the left. Okay. And against the southpaw, that's the better strategy. I hope that his footwork has—I mean, his footwork has had to improve. But if he's in a panic mode, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but this is what I know for sure about the era of the UFC that we're in. USADA is here, and USADA is probably the greatest thing that ever happened to Michael Bisbing's career. This is the guy that's been perpetually taken out of contendership by TRT and steroid users and fought guys, multiple guys who have popped later on. So you ready for another bad MMA joke? Uh, I'm yeah, full of, of course. I'm like the bad Always Adam, ready for I'm like the bad it's Adam a Hunter. Top. Um no Carrot Top has props. Come on. And a better hairline. <laughs> um and more steroids. 
You know, uh, Michael Bisping's career record has a uh, sponsor to it. What's that? Starburst, because the juice was loose. Wow, that is that is All right, um, yeah. that so, is pretty uh, bad. Hey! <laughs> that is pretty so, bad. Yeah, that, that is yeah. no? no. No, I mean it's 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 so no, bad it's good. Don't humor it. It's it's not. Hey, he's our boss. It's, it's that bad. <laughs> it's so bad it's good. Loosely. <laughs> Loosely. I am going to go on a limb here. It takes I mean, listen, Bisping knocked out uh Rockhold in the most uncharacteristic way. I mean, we never expected Bisping to knock out Luke Rockhold. He's never knocked out anyone cold with like essentially two shots. Right. Hendo, yes, yes, we've seen it numerous times. Um, I'm going to go on a limb here. Dan Henderson has absolutely nothing to lose. He says he's going to retire after this fight. Whether that happens or not doesn't make a difference to me. I think he can land that one shot. I could be completely— He's going to do it? I think he's going to do it. All right, are you, are you willing to wager a dollar on that, sir? Son, I am, I am, willing, to, <laughs> I am willing to wager— I'm, yeah, I'll take you on your dollar, but it's, it's going right. to crush me. Shout out to the shirt, doggy. I've got uh, I've got the book here. You got the I'm ledger? Gonna, I'm going to track it. You're going to track so it? Not, what are you, a dollar or two dollars? One dollar. One dollar. One dollar. Jules at a dollar. Jules at a dollar. Uh, is Henderson the underdog? Henderson, yes. Yeah, he's yes. a two to yes, one underdog. Is. You see, you should you should try to argue for those odds. Yeah. Just try to get two to one on your dollar. Too late. Contract's late. been solidified. It's already been solidified. I agree. Done, I'll, I'll teach you. I agree to those. Done, decisions. son. Done, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, listen, Hendo, has his chin has been cracked ever since that first Vitor fight. I, I will easily admit to that. You know, ever since TRT Belfort took out his chin with that head kick, it's never looked quite the same. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, his ability to recover is still pretty good for a 46-year-old man. I mean, the guy is 46. Yeah, I mean, the guy's 46 challenging for a middleweight title. Uh, I mean, that says it all. This, he is not the average 46-year-old. Whether that's deserving or not makes no difference. We have the fight. Yeah. So, I think Dan Henderson, this is I mean, this is one of those things where I just, I like Hendo a lot more than I like Bisping to, in, in terms of his fights. like To me, he's more entertaining. I want to see Hendo do it, and I think he is. I actually think he's going to do it. Because he's going to catch Bisping in a panic mode. Mm, okay. All right, so we are both wagered a dollar on that one. Now, for the co-main event, Gegard Mousasi versus Vitor Belfort. I'll let you make the pick on that one. Gegard. Gegard, no, okay. Don't get me started. Hey, you know what? Since we're going Bizarro World, I'll put a dollar on Belfort just to see what happens. Vitor Belfort, his only victory since uh, post, uh, post-USADA and everything has been against Dan Henderson. But has USADA ever stopped him from juicing up as much as he's wanted to? I mean, has it ever look, really stopped? If him? you look at him physically, it's it's dad bod. Okay, well, you know, he's juicing Hang on, less. We need probably. to get down to business here. Do we have a dollar? Yeah, we got a dollar. We, we got a dollar. Yeah, I got a dollar on that. I'll bet a dollar. All right, I'm going hard. I'm going hard, Musasi. Going hard, Musasi. I'm going hard on the sauce. All right, <laughs> all right. Manawa versus OSP. Well, that's an interesting one though, because Manawa is great hands. OSP has the confidence of not being finished by John Jones. Yeah. By the way, you should have gone for three to one odds on that one. I uh, should have. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not I'm going. learning too. I'm I'm gonna learn. Yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll both learn. Uh, who do you got? Um, I'm gonna go with OSP. I think uh, the athleticism and the awkwardness of his style is gonna w- is gonna do it for him. So I'll take a dollar on OSP. That hometown advantage though is big. Do you think? Man- I mean, listen, Manuel lost to Alexander Gustafsson back in London years back. I don't think he wants to lose again in his home country. I. Ugh, that's a tough one, man. Cause at least, at least let him disagree before you start throwing out dollars. You can't just throw out dollars when you don't even know if you're going to disagree. <laughs> yeah, I got a better dollar. <laughs> I got a dollar on everybody on the left. Hey, we're still learning. We're still learning. I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I I think Manoa his last uh, his last fights. I mean, his last loss was to Rumble, where he did actually get out of the first round against Rumble, the, mm-hmm. the deadliest striker yeah, in the thing. That's a OSP. A as much as I admire his uh, his ability to not get finished against Jones, he is sloppy. He gets sloppy real quick. I mean, those looping left hooks that he landed against Pat Cummins was something out of a home run, okay? Mm. I think Manoa, his striking is tight. I think he's quicker, and I think he's going to finish him. Okay. Manoa, that's a definitive Manoa victory there, huh? He's not going to lose in his home country. Again, I don't think. But, you know, I mean, we we really, I mean, the rest of this card is kind of like, who? I mean, what's happening? I mean, we got Stefan Struve taking on a guy named Daniel Umelianchuk. Yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of up on on Struve to, f- to fight. Like Struve, I mean, his greatest for, victory is is using his reach against Stipe. But for better or worse, uh, Stefan Struve gets in there and it's entertaining. 
for better or worse, he he's consistently yeah, so, yeah, in entertaining Yeah, tell that fights. against that one. Uh, who is that guy? That uh, uh, Jared Rochelle. Yeah, okay, I mean, don't okay, go, he's don't fighting go Jared Rochelle. That's 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 another story right there. Uh, but we also got Brad Pickett taking on uh, your Alan Contra. That's that should be an interesting one. Alan Contra. Yeah. Alcantara. Alcantara. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm Mike excited. Goldberg said he was in the NES game. Yeah, Alcantara. Yeah, I was just about to uh, make that connection, man, because you know Nintendo's putting out that that mini uh, 8-bit system with 30 games loaded on. Yeah. I think Contra's one of them, so yeah. I might have to get that. All right. Now, all right, so we got 204 wrapped up. 206 has now had a, a lot of fights announced for Toronto. Yeah. Uh, above all, the headlining fight, which is probably going to take place unless some miracle happens with GSP's contract. We have Daniel Cormier. Cormier. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, a Daniel, there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Taking on Rumble. Uh, the rematch, Rumble is on a three-fight violent knockout streak, knocking out Manoa, knocking out Bader, knocking out Glover in 13 seconds against a guy who has, who is, uh, I mean, he fought Anderson and he fought Gustav since, since, right. uh, since, since their fight. What is going to happen? I do not know, but I am going to say this right now. I think we've seen more from from Cormier in his last two fights than we than we've actually seen in Rumble's three fights. Oh yeah, because the the time the, the time you add him up, it's nowhere near. Rumble's Rumble yeah. spent the lot better the better part of eight minutes in his last since his fight with uh, Cormier. Then Cormier spent twenty five minutes with uh, Gustafsson and fifteen minutes. He spent forty minutes fighting. Yeah, so Corm- Cormier took on uh, one of the greatest fighters of all time on short notice on eighteen hours. Yeah, and and then he also took on one of the greatest light heavyweights of all time, who probably won't be mentioned uh, very much in that category, considering that he is in the era of Daniel Cormier and John Jones. So I think we've seen a lot from Cormier. I mean, we will, of course, we'll talk about this ad nauseum leading up. But I'm excited to see that rematch, and I'm actually very happy. I'm more happy that the UFC is moving on from the the dark cloud that is John Jones over the light heavyweight division. What do you, what do you why do you hate him so much? I don't much? I don't hate John Jones. I I I really enjoy watching John Jones fight and I think it's a, a horrible waste of talent that he's not out there competing. However, he has made himself uh, completely ineligible to compete You're shaking. to compete. Oh, so you're shaking. You're like, you're like I just, he's, he hasn't competed. He's no, a dark cloud. Because it's because it's it's really silly. It's really silly that there were that Dana White is sitting there talking about um we, we might do Jones Rumble next and Jones can't compete. So drop it. Leave it alone until the I think his his commission hearing is coming up next week or the week after, I believe. So let's hear what the commission's got to tentatively. say. Tentatively. Yeah, tentatively, yeah. We'll we'll see. Might get changed eight more times. Yeah, of course. Because it, it was another date before, right? Yes. Yeah, the second so, time I think it's been changed. At least the second time. Yeah, but at least let let the commission or the UFC or USADA, whoever, let them make a ruling on what's going on, and then we can start talking about John Jones and fighting And Lesnar and uh, D- Nate Diaz are going to be on that hearing. Yeah, that should be. You know what? Are, are they going to put this one on Fight Pass? Like they did <laughs> they're all the, on Fight Pass. Yeah, they're all a commission because yeah. I've only seen the one with what was like Vandalay and Chill and Peter. Okay, yeah. Yeah. it was like the and that, that that weird trifecta of all three of them failing drug tests or running from drug tests well, for the same fight. Uh, or uh, whatever. That's it's a, that was a nightmare. What, what, that was for UFC one six. Let's not talk about numbers unless we actually know the numbers. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm so confused. UFC 175. It was before UFC 200 and after UFC 100. Yeah, because it was the same one that Ron had. So it was within the seven year span. Yes. (laughs) Somewhere in that time. No, it was when Weidman took on Machida. That that same card. Yes, there was. That was. It was in July. It was in July. UFC 175. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. It was, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's it. (laughs) But I got it. Yeah. Going back to UFC 206, kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Uh, other fights that are announced: Valerie Latorno coming back from a ruptured liver. You know, in her last yeah, life. yeah, she's that, back already. Yeah, that was that was a tough one right there. And then of course you have uh, Rustam Kabilov going into this. Uh, still has a great record: uh, twenty wins and three losses. Yeah. Fighting out of Jackson Wink. He's he's one of the few uh, heavyweight uh, prospects. Uh, too bad he's a lightweight. So. Rustam. Oh, Rustam. Oh, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm Rustam. thinking. Michael Medoff no. from AKA. No, he's he's on some. Uh, no, he's on a uh, Usada suspension. That's right. He just got yeah. popped, right? Yeah, he just got popped. Yeah, that's like that's a horrible blow for heavyweight. I'll tell you right now, the fight that I'm really excited for is uh, John McDessie, longtime lightweight veteran, taking on Lando Venata, the guy who made his debut against uh, Tony Ferguson. That's for 206 also? That is 206, okay. and that is a fight that I want to yeah, see. 206 shaping up to be a good card, man. Yeah. All right, well, before we wrap it up, man, I have to I have to announce our official scumbag of the week. Now, what is the scumbag of the scumbag week? Scumbag of the week, uh, 
probably might be known as fool of the week, also maybe waste of skin of the week, depending on how we're feeling uh, of that week. Uh, just just a, a, a guy in the fight world who has made kind of a jackass of himself. Hey. What? Oh you're, oh, you're not talking about it. <laughs> no, no. it. Perfect. Don't get paranoid, continue, TJ. Continue. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about uh, Julian Wallace. He, Julian Wallace, if we're not familiar with that name, you will be familiar with the viral clip uh, that sent uh, Ben Nguyen into the UFC. Uh, uh, let's put a little context. Let's put some context he, on it, man. The guy, so he, he had his face completely tattooed. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. Let, let me explain it. Because he was the guy, yes, the face tattooed. He was the guy that went up to this Asian fighter with a belt on yeah. his shoulder and yeah. pressed his fist at the way at the way and stare down. Just kind of, you know, really instigating like a big fight. Ben Nguyen, the guy, was really kind of calm and happy yeah, about it. Yeah, he just kind of swatted his fist away and, and let it be that. So, so like, yeah, so so Julian is up in his face, pressing him and, you know, putting his fist up on him and everything, then gets knocked out in the first round, Pat. gets viciously knocked out in the first round. Well, he has made the foolish rounds again. Uh, this has been quite the week for, for your man, Julian Wallace. Uh, now, he was he soccer-kicked his fiance. Um, Who's also another MMA fighter, yeah. female MMA fighter. Yeah, he soccer kicked his fiance, um, shitbag move. And then he got dropped and knocked out in sparring by Cody Gombrandt's 19 year old brother at Team Alpha Male. And then Which that, was captured on footage. And he ended the week by retaliating for his girl pressing charges on him for the soccer kick by leaking nude photos. Julian Wallace, you are officially the scumbag of the week. Congratulations, sir. Do we have like a drum roll or something? Or like- now we'll work on it. I mean, this is a very organic uh, segment that just came out of nowhere. The organic uh, or the uh, scumbag. I, you know, I was worried about it. I was like, man, the scumbag of the week, like you really got to make sure you've got a scumbag to put that label on, to give them that title. Because sometimes, you know, like you might do something wrong. Maybe it's not in your character, yeah. you know. But that's why that's why we got the upgrade and down. We got the fool of the week. Oh. We'll have the waste of skin of the week. Depend- well, the waste uh, of skin of yeah, the week. Yeah, I don't like the waste like, of skin of the week. Scumbag right. of the week is good. Okay. Yeah. You get fool of the week and scumbag of the week. And we'll come up with a word in the middle. But uh, I was worried. I was like, man, where's he going? What did this guy do? That dude's a scumbag. Scumbag for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, cyberbullying like that. Come on. There, there are a lot of you know MMA. I mean, the fight world in general has produced a lot of just scumbags. That was cybersexual <laughs> so, harassment right there. Cybersexual harassment. Oh, the leaked nude photos. Yes. Yes. S H. Oh, I like it. Well, I like. Wait, the, wait, wait, I, wait. Whoa, whoa, I like the whoa. terminology. The terminology. S S H. Yeah, the terminology. The That's accurate. not uh, the cyber spell with a C, my friend. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Next week on Fight Nights. Next week on Fight Nights, the Spelling Bee. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see more of Jules' angry voice. All right. Well, I guess that'll wrap things up for this week. Thanks Side for tuning eye. in to the Sure Dog Radio Network. This was the Fight Nights. Anthony Walker, Jules Cohen for TJ DeSantis. We're out. And good fights. Good nights. Stay sexy. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com.